Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, rookie Nate Hobbs is arrested for suspicion of DUI. Head coach Rich Basaccia talks about that situation. And tight end Darren Waller, is there a chance that he'll return for Sunday Night Football? Plus, what will the legacy be of this Raiders team? We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two, and you know your calls and texts will close out the show. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. Let's get it. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Your win is a Raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find it free and available on all platforms. And off top, got to talk about defensive back Nate Hobbs, who was arrested on Monday morning around 4 a.m. on a suspicion of DUI. And of course, he's innocent till proven guilty, but really a bad look. According to law enforcement, they told TMZ Sports that the cops responded to the Cromwell Hotel around 4 a.m. on Monday. They say witnesses saw Hobbs asleep at the wheel on a parking lot exit ramp. Uh, Sources say officers made contact with the football player and eventually arrested him after they claim he did not do well in field sobriety tests. Hobbs was booked into Clark County Detention Center about 6.30 a.m. and now has a court date set up for May. So, uh, again, a lot of stuff to kind of sort out through this situation. Uh, Again, everyone is innocent until proven guilty, but uh, just a bad look for Nate Hobbs, knowing what everything that the Raiders have gone through this season, especially with alcohol-related situations after the Henry Ruggs situation. So, definitely does not look good. But Hobbs' attorneys did tell TMZ Sports that the facts and circumstances related by the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department to the news media leave serious concerns that this does not qualify as a DUI under Nevada law. So it sounds like there may be some kind of a loophole where he may be able to get out of trouble. But again, man, the fifth round pick out of Illinois has got to be able to make better decisions. And uh, I know a lot of folks are going to blame Las Vegas. It's easy to do, but uh, that is on the man. I mean, that is on the man. If the man decided to make a terrible decision like that and be out there at 4 a.m. anyway, that's on him. Yes, it's available in Las Vegas, but again, that is on him. I know there's going to be plenty of people that say it's Vegas' fault, Vegas this, Vegas that. No, at some point, you've got to point the finger at the ones who are in trouble. There's so many people that live in Las Vegas. There's so many people that visit Las Vegas that are never in any kind of trouble, that don't get DUIs, that don't get into any kind of dust-up with the law. And then there's certain ones that stand out, and then, boom, that's the ones we're talking about. So I'm not going to blame Las Vegas. Again, uh, as a man, he's got to take that responsibility. That's on Nate Hobbs and him being irresponsible. Again, innocent till proven guilty, but not a very good look. Uh, Interim head coach Rich Basaccia, he found out about the situation, or at least he said he found out about the situation, probably about 10 minutes before he actually met with the media on Monday. And this is what he had to say. So I'll I'll start with some uh, news I've just been made aware of um, really in the last basically 30 minutes, certainly aware of the, um, that Nate Hobbs is involved in an incident, um, and uh, we're just trying to collect as much information as we possibly can on what exactly happened and what the situation is and um, where he's at with that. Um, uh, that being said, that's all I have really 
on that at this particular time because that's all I know. So there's Rich Basaccia. He didn't say a whole lot, but he said enough, you know, and he actually came out of the gate and talked about it immediately before anyone had a chance to ask him about it. And literally, it's a Zoom call that we're on on Monday, and we're sitting there, and I know I was sitting there. We had about 10 to 15 minutes before uh, Rich Basaccia was supposed to come on, and all of a sudden, TMZ, uh, these reports start coming down uh, the timeline, coming down Twitter. I'm starting to get text messages from folks like, hey, Q, are you seeing this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing it, and we're going to talk to Rich Basaccia in a matter of minutes. We'll ask him about it. We'll get his uh, thoughts on it. And he came right out of the gates. And you can hear the irritation in his voice. And you know what? He should be irritated because, again, these are grown men. And I don't care. I know that they're young dudes. And I know that they have a lot of money. And I know in Las Vegas, again, there's a lot of opportunity. But, again, man, at some point, these guys have to be responsible for what they do. They've got too much to lose. they got too much on the line to go out there and be reckless. They're not just some regular Joe Schmo. They're guys that, one, people are looking at. People are always going to have all eyes on them to see what they are doing. So they've got to go out there and make good decisions. And if they can't handle Las Vegas because they just don't know how to say no, well, then that's one situation. But that, again, is not on the city. And I'll, I'll get, I know I haven't lived here a whole long time, but I will continue to defend the city because I know damn well there's a lot of really good people that live here. There's a lot of really good people that visit here that never get in trouble. And if guys decide to go out there, and it's only a few guys here and there that decide to get in trouble. I know the Raiders have had three D cases in the last 12 months. I get that. Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, and now uh, Nate Hobbs. That's not a good look at all. They shouldn't be doing that. They should be way more responsible. But again, that is on the person. That is on the player. I'm never going to put that on the city. Now, I know Vic Tafer, he asked Rich Basaccia another question about these guys not being aware of alcohol-related issues uh, as, as far as making bad decisions, especially after the Henry Rugg situation. And this is what Rich Basaccia had to say about that. Well, again, I, I don't have all the information on that, but I, um, I feel good about saying they've been hit over the face with um, distractions and, and things of that nature. We, we're, we're very cognizant of the city in which we live in. So I'll, uh, I'll leave it at that, and we'll, um, we'll see what it looks like by the end of the week. And even that answer, when Rich Basaccia gave that answer talking about we're very you know, cognizant of the city that we live in, again, you've got to just make sure that the players understand what's on the line and what they have to lose. And I'll tell you, I am not on any kind of level that they're on, but I realize in my everyday walk of life what I represent and who I am and that I cannot afford to get in any kind of trouble. If I, again, was any Joe Schmo and didn't have any kind of title or any kind of, you know, anything in this city, that'd be one thing. But I realize that I have so much to lose. And that's what these guys have to do. And if they don't do that, and I get it, they're a lot younger than I am, and they got a lot more money than I am, so they, they have a, a bigger opportunity. But that also means they have a bigger opportunity to allow whatever entertainment they want to come to them instead of them even having to leave in the comforts of their home. You know what I mean? Like, that's the situation. They can have any kind of entertainment they like come to their home, and they don't ever have to worry about anything. Or if they go to any kind of hotel, guess what? They have the money and the means to be able to say, I'm just going to stay there. You know, I chose not to go out on New Year's Eve. I chose to be at the house by 930 on New Year's Eve. I mean, I literally was at the house at 930 because, well, there's too much things that could happen out in the streets that don't even relate to me. It could be someone else being negligent or being reckless or be making bad decisions, and I didn't want to put myself in harm's way. But that was my decision because I know, hey, there's a lot more for me 
to lose than there is for me to gain to be out there in the streets and having a good time. So the, the Raiders and any of these players, any of these professional athletes, really anybody, just needs to be responsible and, and, and be held accountable for their own decisions. And this is a bad decision. We'll see how it all plays out. His lawyers, Nate Hobbs' lawyers, seem like they're very confident he's going to get off, but it's just not a good look in a year where the Raiders, that's the last thing that they need is to have this kind of headline following them. So we'll see how everything shakes out with Nate Hobbs. Rich Basaccia did say he hopes to have more information later on probably by Friday. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what he has to say. But again, it's not a good look. I don't know if that means Nate Hobbs is going to play on Sunday or not. It really doesn't matter. You know, if they decide to sit him down, they decide to sit him down. If he ends up getting suspended by the league, he ends up getting suspended by the league. But I do know right now he's innocent till proven guilty. And I know he has a court date in May. And that's what I could tell you 100%. I also want to give you an update on Raider roster moves that were made on Monday. Uh, They tweeted out that they activated linebacker Will Compton and linebacker Patrick Owasu from the reserve COVID-19 list, and then they restored guard Lester Cotton and guard Jeremiah Patasi to the practice squad as well, and then released offensive lineman Nico Fala and offensive lineman Brett Heggie from the practice squad. And one note that I wanted to say, I mentioned on Monday's show that Jermaine Illuminor was actually on the COVID-19 list. He played on the game on Sunday, and that was my fault. That was something that uh, just slipped past me. He was actually activated from that COVID-19 list. So uh, I didn't mean to put him on the list a little bit longer than he had to be. He was activated before the game on Sunday and actually participated in the game on Sunday. So I did want to go ahead and update that. Now, of course, when it comes to the game and it comes to the roster, everyone wants to know, is Darren Waller going to play? He's been out since Thanksgiving. That was the last time that he took the field. Who knows when he's going to come back? I've been very reluctant to think that he's going to come back. But last week, it sounded like the Raiders thought that there was a chance that he was going to practice and maybe play against the Colts. But then he ended up on the COVID-19 reserve list. So what are the thoughts this week? Do you think Darren Waller has an opportunity to play on Sunday versus Chargers Sunday night football? Uh, Rich Basaccia answered that question. Yeah, Darren was finishing up his um, coming off of the COVID. He has to do some cardiac uh, workup through the doctors type deal. So we'll get more about that information this afternoon um, because I think his was at like 10 10 or 10.30 today. And we were hoping to have him back in the walkthrough practice of Wednesday last week. So we're even more anticipating that we have a chance to get him back um, for this week. And hopefully if we can get him in Wednesday's practice, he feels a little bit better about how it feels when he moves around. Then we'll really be really excited about what Thursday and Friday could possibly look like. But we definitely think he needs to work throughout the week. He's been out for so long um, to really have a good run at it as Friday comes along. And then he'll hopefully be able to tell us, hey, I'm good to go. But we are anticipating him practicing in Wednesday's walkthrough. So there you go. It sounds a little bit positive, like they feel like that there's a chance that Darren Waller could go. And if he can on Sunday, man, that would be a huge boost to the Raiders offense that has been doing a good job with Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro and Deshaun Jackson and Brian Edwards and whoever else is out there, you know, Foster Moreau. But man, if you get Darren Waller back into the mix, all of a sudden you've got a real deal playmaker back out there. Even if he's not 100%, if he could just be out there, that would be big. But he's got to be able to participate in practice throughout the course of the week. So I'm looking forward to the Friday presser. Rich Basaccio will talk again on Wednesday, but I'm really looking forward to Friday because I think we'll get a really good idea if he's going to play on Sunday or not win or get in situation for the Raiders as they take on the Chargers. Now, there is a backdoor situation for the Raiders where they could still make the playoffs, even if they lose on Sunday night to the Chargers. Look, I'm, I'm from that camp of, hey, you win and you get in. That's what you go. You go out there and handle your business. You win the game and you get in. But there is a roundabout way for them to make the playoffs if they lose on Sunday. And the scenario is that actually it could all be clinched before the game even kicks off. And that's if the Steelers lose once 
and the Colts lose to the Jaguars. Then the Raiders would be in regardless of the outcome against the Chargers. Now, the Steelers won Monday Night Football against the Browns, so the Raiders would need this to happen in order to make the playoffs with a loss against the Chargers. The Ravens have to beat the Steelers in Week 18, very possible, and then the Jaguars would have to beat the Colts in Week 18. Uh, I don't really expect the Jaguars to beat the Colts, but you never know. It is the NFL in 2021-2022, and anything is possible. But there is a backdoor way. As far as I'm concerned, Raiders just go out there and handle your business, win the game, and get into the playoffs, right? Simple as that. That's actually what I'd rather them do because you know that they earned their way in, and again, they didn't backdoor their way. Now, sometimes you just have to do that, but I'll tell you what, man, it feels really good when you're able to walk through the door, the front door, and know that you belong somewhere. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, hey, I'm not sneaking into the club. I belong in the club. If you win that game on Sunday night against the Chargers, you absolutely 100% belong in the club that is the playoffs. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but just know in the back of your head that there is a backdoor scenario for the Raiders to make the playoffs uh, without even taking the field on Sunday night. So I'm still excited and fired up for this game. Going to talk about it a lot coming up in segment number two. Talk about what the 2021 Raiders legacy and storyline is going to be. I'll explain that all coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about an amazing app that if you drive a car and you get gas, you need to know about, and that is Get Upside. All listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play and do it right now. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Why would you want to do that? Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, well, guess what? They're making a lot, up to two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's absolutely no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime, your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, doesn't matter. They got you hooked up. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN for $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank with GetUpside. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the 2021 Raiders team and the legacy and storyline behind them and what it could potentially be at the end of this season. I don't know how anything's going to shake out. I really don't. I don't think any of us do. Obviously, they have this game coming up on Sunday. That's a big one at Allegiant Stadium. Probably the biggest game in the history of Allegiant Stadium since it's been around. I know that's a small history, but this is a big game. You want to talk about turning Las Vegas into an absolute NFL city. It's going down. The anticipation level for this game is incredible. I've been hit up by so many people saying, Q, I'm looking for two tickets. I'm looking for four tickets. I'm looking for six tickets for Sunday. I mean, Raider Nation is ready to come to Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas and show out in a major way because there's so much riding on this game. Sunday night football, prime time action, win or get in. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. And I know that I rolled out the backdoor way that the Raiders can make it in before they even take the field on Sunday night, but I still believe regardless of what happens, that it's going to be electric. I really believe that Allegiant Stadium is going to be electric and they really have an opportunity to show how big of a home field advantage Allegiant Stadium could really be with Raider Nation showing up in a major way. I've been talking about it for a very long time. If the Raiders win games 
and they win games at home, then Raider Nation is going to show up. But you've got to be consistently winning games at home, and they have an opportunity, a great, huge opportunity to make a statement on Sunday Night Football. I'm very excited about it. I'll tell you right now, I came home from uh, the OYO on Monday Night, uh, Monday Night Football action. I do it every Monday night for uh, Raider Nation Radio 920, and the wife and and daughter were like, hey, we want to go to the game. I was like, done, let's go. You know, so, I mean, they're going to be in the house. The anticipation level is so stinking high. I cannot wait just to see what the atmosphere is going to be like. I cannot wait to do the pregame, pregame show from uh, Coors Light Landing uh, right there at Allegiant Stadium by the Al Davis Torch. I just think that everything is going to be times a thousand what we've seen so far at Allegiant Stadium. And the Raiders, they have such an opportunity to prove who they are and write their story. And what I mean by that is there's so many teams that you could look back and you could say, oh, I remember this year's team and what they were and, oh, what this team could have been. Like, I go back to uh, when Hugh Jackson was the head coach. And I know 2011, uh, they had this opportunity to make it into the playoffs against the Chargers, and they didn't win. And Carson Palmer was the quarterback. And I always say, if Jason Campbell... And never got injured with that team, then boom, they're going to make it to the playoffs. They didn't because he got injured. So it's always like that team was, what if Jason Campbell never got hurt? 2016, we always talk about what if Derek Carr never got hurt? If he didn't get hurt and Connor Cook starts against the Texans, what could that team have done? How far could they have gone? And I think that they could have gone really far. They had a hell of a season and they had a lot of confidence going into the playoffs. And there's just so many different teams, even not even Raider teams, just in sports in general that you look back at and they have a storyline and they have a legacy like the Warriors when they won their first uh, championship in 40 years you know when they won that with uh, Harrison Barnes and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and uh, Andre Iguodalu and a bunch of you know blue collar role players it was like okay those guys just were a better team that was the best team. They didn't have the best, the most superstars, but they had the best team. Or how about the Warrior team that beat the Bulls record as far as how many wins they had in the season and lost they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. You know, I mean, that's a storyline. If you go back to the, the history of sports, think about the New England Patriots that went undefeated all season long until they got to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Giants. That's a storyline. Well, the Raiders, with everything that's gone on this season, from John Gruden resigning to Henry Ruggs all of a sudden losing his career and, and getting released by the team after his DUI situation and eventually killing a young lady and her dog. I mean, that's just that's just horrific. That's, you know, terrible. Then Damon Arnett getting released. And now Nate Hobbs getting arrested. You know, again, uh, innocent till proven guilty. But, I mean, that's just a bad look. There's been so many ups and downs with this Raiders team. They found themselves at a 3-0 start. Then they lost a couple games. Then they got back on the winning track. And then they you know, went into the, the bye week at 5-2, and two, and you thought, okay, boom, they're cooking with grease again. They have everything in front of them. They can go ahead and just run with this uh, AFC conference, and boom, that's when the Henry Rugg situation hit. Then they went on to a lull. You know, They lost to the Giants coming out the bye week. Just didn't play well. Won one game in November. One game in November. You know, And you thought, and I thought, I'll tell you straight up, I thought they were done. I thought they didn't have a chance. After they got shellacked by Kansas City in Kansas City, I thought, this team is done. They're just going to play out the rest of the season. They're going to collect their checks, and they're going to let the chips fall where they may in the offseason. There'll be a new head coach, probably a new GM, and a lot of turnover. And all of a sudden, they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, and here they are. With one week left to go in the season, they have an opportunity to get themselves into the playoffs. What will the storyline be then? You know what I mean? Think about this team and think about everything they've gone through. Talk about Derek Carr as the leadership. Talk about Darren Waller's been out since Thanksgiving. 
Guys have found ways to make things happen. Hunter Renfro all of a sudden has become uh, the biggest superstar. And, and it's funny, I was talking on the radio on Monday, and, and Ed Graney from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also ESPN Las Vegas was like, Q, we should stop being surprised. We should be stop being surprised by this because Hunter Renfro is just doing what he does. And, and, and that's real. And so all of a sudden, guys are stepping up. Zay Jones never thought he was going to have a role as big as he's had. And all of a sudden, he is. Rookies are stepping up. Divine Diablo. Trayvon Merrick, I know he hasn't created a bunch of turnovers. I know he hasn't had a flashy season, but he's playing solid ball at a position where he's the last line of defense. And he's played just about every snap on defense this year. No rookie wall. (laughs) You know, Casey Hayward, all of a sudden, he's kind of reinvented his career. You know, everyone thought that he was a done deal uh, his last year with the Chargers. They thought, okay, he's done. They let him go. Nobody signed him. Nobody wanted to sign him. The Raiders went inside him, and all of a sudden he's had a hell of a year. Denzel Perriman, he goes to Carolina. He didn't fit in with the Panthers. The Raiders make a trade for him because Javen White went down. Nicholas Morrow went down. I mean, there was multiple linebackers that got hurt and banged up, and all of a sudden you're looking around saying, okay, well, who's going to step up? The Raiders go out and make a move for Denzel Perriman. He leads the team in tackles. You know what I mean? I mean, all of a sudden he's that guy. You know, and he's their Pro Bowl selection. I mean, there's so many things. Daniel Carlson, you know, remember, he was a guy that was released by the Vikings because he wasn't doing well his rookie year. And all of a sudden, the Raiders come and swoop him up. A couple years later, he's signing a four-year contract extension. A.J. Cole, he comes on to replace Johnny Townsend, who the Raiders drafted. And this dude all of a sudden is a stud, and he signs a four-year contract extension. I mean, there's just so many uh, guys that are on this squad that you're looking at, and you're saying, man, these dudes are making plays. Josh Jacobs hasn't had a very good season at all, I mean, to his standards, and all of a sudden he's starting to come along. Even though he's banged up, he's coming along late when it matters. I mean, he's being resilient. This bunch is being resilient. You know, they've dealt with a ton of injuries. Denzel Good, Richie Incognito hasn't played at all. Kenyon Drake tears his ACL. I mean, so many guys are out. Alex Leatherwood, the first-round pick, is kicked in from tackle to guard because he's not playing well. Brandon Parker, who's been a a turnstile his whole career, all of a sudden he's playing the right tackle position. And he's not playing great, but he's doing okay. He's holding up. Andre James, he's getting better. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, there's so many different things. So I, I don't really know exactly what to call this group or how to put a title on them. And I would love to hear from you at 707-654-4693. How would you summarize this group? And if they win on Sunday and get themselves into the playoffs and have a 10-win season with everything going on, there's no other team in the league that's dealing with the issues that the Raiders are. Not even close. You know, I mean, the biggest issue going on, and I'm not trying to make light of this, is Antonio Brown. With the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, and that, I, I feel for him because that's more than a just, a, oh, this guy's crazy type situation. This dude's got some mental health issues that need to be addressed, and I hope somebody uh, addresses them. I hope somebody helps him instead of enables him to continue to be that guy. But that's not the Raiders' issue right now. It's really not. But you got to give Mike Mayock a lot of credit, who has no idea what his career is going to look like after this season. He doesn't know if he's coming back. And maybe he has been told he's going to come back. I don't know. We don't know that he's coming back. So you're just on the assumption that they got to play this season out and see what happens. But he's doing his thing. Rich Basaccia, think about this. He's a first-time head coach, and he's dealing with all this adversity. A first-time head coach. Not a guy who's been around the league for a long time. I mean, he's been around the league for a long time, but not as a head coach. And all of a sudden, he's got all this on his plate. And so I don't blame him when sometimes he's a little, you know, edgy or a little angry. And he's been a little angry and edgy with me. But I get it. This dude is dealing with something that nobody could imagine. And I'm sure nobody would even want. Nobody wants this scenario, especially as their first-time job. 
I mean, this dude, he's really held it down. And I've said it multiple times. I don't think he's the head coach of the future for the Raiders, but I think he's the head coach right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that he's done a good enough job and he's done everything he can with what he's got to deal with. You know, and I know that people feel some kind of way about Derek Carr, but I still think he's done the best job he can dealing with what he's got to deal with. Guys like Marcus Mariota, been injured a lot, but all of a sudden he comes in and you see the excitement and the energy when he picks up a, a first down, a three, four-yard run, he gets excited, jumps up, and he's pumping his fist. I mean, you can see the excitement and the energy by these guys. I mean, these guys believe in each other. So I don't really have an answer of exactly how I would title their legacy or what I would say that this team is besides resilient and, and a tough bunch. I mean, you want to talk about a tough bunch. Could any of us do what they're doing right now, dealing with everything that they've dealt with and still have an opportunity to get to where we want to be, which is in the playoffs? And if they get in the playoffs, all that I mean, that's, that's, that's all you can ask for. You get into the playoffs, and then you see what happens after that. Nothing's guaranteed, but... Also, it, it doesn't mean that you can't go on a run. They're playing good ball right now. The defense is playing some good ball, good enough ball to keep them in games. And their offense is doing enough to win games. I don't care if they win by a field goal every single game. I really don't. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if they win by one or 100. All that matters is they just win, baby. That's all that matters. And this team is finding a way to do that at the end. So a lot of folks have talked about Mark Davis. He should be looking for a head coach. I'm sure he is. He's just not doing it publicly. Because this team, if they start hearing about, oh, the head coach uh, is going to be somebody else and uh, this guy's coming in for an interview, that guy's coming in for an interview, all of a sudden Gus Bradley thinks, well, I'm, I'm going to be done after this season. Rich Bisaccia, I'm going to be done after this season. Greg Olson, I'm going to be done. And they all very well could be done. But for Mark Davis to keep everything under wraps and not talk about things publicly that he's got going on in the front office is smart. So, yeah, just because we don't know who he may be looking at as far as a head coach – doesn't mean that he's not looking. You know, doesn't mean that he's not working on a plan and coming up with something that he's got cooking. He may already have his person in, in mind. Who knows? We don't really know how he operates. Remember when he hired John Gruden? He had John Gruden. He was at the top of the list. He was number one, two, and three. He went out and got his guy, and then Jack Del Rio fired himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's about as realistic as it gets. So we really don't know what Mark Davis is doing. I, I will say this, and I was very impressed by the, the hire of Becky Hammond for the LV Aces, which Mark Davis also owns, and the fact that he gave her $5 million contract, which is the highest in the WNBA, it lets you know he doesn't mind spending money on a really good head coach. So that should make you feel pretty good about yourself as far as the next head coach that's going to come into the silver and black. Because again, I don't think it's going to be Rich Bisaccia, but I got to give him a lot of credit for what he's done. I really compare this situation, and it's only because I lived through this situation, I compare what's going on with the Raiders this year to what happened with Baylor uh, a few years ago when they had their whole sexual assault situation. I know that that's a totally different subject than what's going on with the Raiders, but it's just, I mean, the Raiders have had a black eye over them basically all season long. And Jim Grobe came in and was the interim head coach, and he kind of took control and did it for a year and he held it down and he really is what they needed you know he was kind of the 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 freshener and the guy who cleaned everything up and made it uh, smell a little rosier than it was you know because there was a lot of situations and nobody really wanted that situation I feel like Rich Basachi is playing that Jim Grobe role where he's holding it down even though that's not something that's ideal for anybody look there's former head coaches on that staff you're talking about Tom Cable you're talking about Gus Bradley. I mean, there's guys, uh, Rod Marinelli, that have been head coaches, and Rich Basaccia has been the guy that's been holding it down because, well, he's just kind of the right guy for the job. Doesn't mean that he's going to end up being a head coach of the Silver and Black long term, but, man, he's done a good job, and you got to give him credit for that. So, Raider Nation, I'll ask you, 
What would you call their legacy? What would you call this story if they can go and win this game on Sunday and get into the playoffs and be a 10-win team? What would you, how would you title this team? What would you call them? Again, the only word I can really come up with is resilient, tough. Those are some words right there, but uh, I would love to hear from you. 707-654-4693. I got your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And for all your betting needs, betonline.ag has got you covered. doesn't matter what sport you're talking about, basketball pro in college, football pro in college. Of course, the national championship game is uh, less than a week from uh, Monday. Uh, NHL, boxing, UFC, all that's going on. Betonline.ag has got you covered. They're your number one spot for all sports action all season long. Head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your time to shine. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Raider Al in Alaska. Say, what's up, Q? Raider Al from Alaska, two things. First, I understand innocent until proven guilty, and they're still gathering information. I'm a firm believer in second chances to be given the opportunity to learn from mistakes, but what will and what should it take for the Raiders to not play Hobbs on Sunday? The coaches, ownership, and his teammates should support him, but at the same time, depending on how things shake out, if they still play him, would it be a slap in the face of the Las Vegas community and an insult to Tina Tentor? Second, this is such a big issue in the league, and especially the organization, this offseason, hell, even today, what can the Raiders, the league, and the NFLPA do to help reduce or eliminate this issue? If more can be done, it should be done. Respect your opinion as always, Q. Raider Nation for life, just win, baby. That's Raider Allen, Alaska, uh, that has to do with the Nate Hobbs situation, the suspicion of DUI. And I'll say this, man. I mean, the NFL, the NFLPA, they already have things in place. They have programs in place where these players don't need to get behind the wheel of their car. They are in a good position where they can make a call and have someone come pick them up. And they also can hit an Uber, just like the rest of us can hit an Uber and decide to get picked up. Uh, a lot of these guys decide, like many of us did when we were young, and decided, hey, I'm fine. I do this all the time. I can do this. And look, I'll tell you right now, I'm guilty of it. I did it uh, back in the day all the time when I was a young dude, you know? And so I understand what these guys are thinking, that they're they're okay. They can do whatever they want to do. And it's just a terrible situation. It's a terrible, bad decision. I'm glad nothing happened that was bad. I'm glad Nate Hobbs didn't harm himself. I'm glad he didn't harm anybody else. But it's just a terrible look. And it's one of those situations that he's just going to have to learn from. Uh, I don't think that the organization or the league can do anything else than what they already do. And just they depend on the person to make a good decision. It's just like me or you. If we do something to make a bad decision, there's things that we can do to avoid making that bad decision. We just have to decide ourselves. We have the accountability. You know, just because they're, they're stars and they make a lot of money doesn't mean that accountability is out the window. I mean, it, it's just it's even greater for them because they got more to lose. And I hate to say it like that, but just like I'm got to be held accountable for my actions and you got to be held accountable for your actions, so does Nate Hobbs. Simple as that. So uh, I don't think that it's about the league or the NFLPA or the team doing anything. I think it's about the player being responsible and saying, hey, I'm not going to do this. Darren Waller doesn't do that. Max Crosby made the decision not to do that anymore. There's a lot of players. Derek Carr is not getting in any kind of trouble. You don't hear him out partying all night. You hear him at home. You know, there's a lot of players on that Raiders team that you don't hear about anything that's considered reckless. 
But then you got a handful of guys that decide that, hey, you know what? No big deal. I can go do what I want to do, and I'll be just fine. And that's the problem. That's not to do with the city. That has nothing to do with the organization. That has to do with the person. Bottom line, it's about time that we hold people accountable for their actions and not make excuses for them time in and time out. Thank you so much for that uh, text. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Jacob in Fresno. He's calling to talk about the win from Sunday, uh, how the Raiders came about it, and how he's feeling about it. Here he is, Jacob from Fresno. Hey, Q. Jacob from Fresno. What a win. What a win. You know, when all the chips were down, I pulled through. I know there's quite a few haters online on Derek for his second interception, and even I was a little, you know, mad about it. But you know what? He still let us down there, still got us the victory. And the main point, though, is this is a team victory. Defense did their job. You know, offense did enough of their job. And now it's one one more win, and we're in. You can't help but think that there was that big old John Madden grin smiling from the best seat in the house as he saw that victory today. I can't wait for the Raiders to play the Chargers. I'm hoping and I'm kind of pleading out there with the rest of Raider Nation or anybody that holds season tickets in Vegas, don't let them take over our stadium. Hold on to your tickets. Go on. Go to the game. Sell them to Raider fans. Let's make sure that the game is completely blacked out and that we win this one. One more win, and we're in. Have a good one, Q. There he goes. That's Jacob from Fresno. And, yeah, man, that was a team game. No doubt about it. They won in all three phases. They did their job. And as far as the Legion Stadium goes, I believe it's going to be a massive showing for Raider Nation. Sunday night football, I mean, it's got an opportunity to be so electric, and I do believe that's exactly what it's going to be. Look forward to it. Uh, appreciate the call, my man. Next up, I got a text from Brent in Boston. Yo, it's Brent from Boston. Happy New Year to you and your family. Bottom line is the Chargers game will be our first home playoff game in Allegiant Stadium, and it needs to be an absolute blackout. Raider Nation needs to represent and shut down any Charger fans within eyesight. Be loud and proud. Who should light the torch to fire up the stadium? The Madden family? As always, just win, baby. That's from Brent in Boston. And you know what? I didn't think about who should light up the torch, but I think the Madden family would be great. Virginia Madden, his wife, why not? I think that that would be awesome. I think it would get Raider Nation all super pumped up. I mean, there's obviously a few different options there that would get Raider Nation pumped up, but I would be all for seeing Virginia Madden out there lighting that torch. I think that that would be fantastic. You're onto something right there and uh, cannot wait to see what's going to happen on on Sunday night, and I do think that it's going to be a blackout, and you know, Rich Versace, he even alluded to it in his uh, media session on Monday. He's like, hey, we hope that Raider Nation really shows out and hope it's a blackout inside Allegiant Stadium. Matter of fact, here's Rich Versace talking about what he anticipates atmosphere being on Sunday night. As far as the game goes, we're excited about the next game. We're really excited that we get to play at home. We get Raider Nation coming in here. We should get the, um, you know, they call them crazy Raider fans. We, we, we can't get enough of them. You know, we, we want every one of them want to be loud and hopefully it's a blackout, you know, come Sunday night. We're excited about the game being moved and and uh, playing it in our house. So it, it, it ought to be exciting. So there you go. You hear the excitement right there in Rich Bisaccia's voice. He didn't even know what to say. He just knows that there's going to be a lot of crazy Raider fans in the building. He can't wait. And uh, as you mentioned, he wants a blackout too. So, and I think that that's exactly what it's going to be. Thank you so much for that call I do or that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, I do have a call from Jared in the 505. He's calling to talk about the Nate Hobbs situation and what he feels needs to happen to Nate. Here he is, Jared in the 505. Yo, Q, how's it going? Jared in the 505, just uh, 
hanging out, watching the Monday night game, and uh, saw the news come across the streamer there of uh, Nate Hobbs asleep at the wheel on the exit ramp. Man, I don't know what to say. It's like we can't have anything nice. We can't enjoy just the littlest bit of success. It shows an extremely unaware young man and I I hope we set him down. Honestly, I don't I don't want him to be disciplined any more than that, but after what has transpired this year, I think what's best for the young man is to sit him down. Uh extremely unaware, extremely just lucky that he didn't cost a life, lose his own life, or end up in a similar tragedy. Disappointed, man. I hope we, once again, will overcome. Go Raiders. There he goes. That's Jared in the 505, and it's a terrible situation. It's a terrible look. It could have ended really bad. And uh, you would think that the Raiders, anybody in that organization at this point, would not find themselves in this situation. But, again, uh, folks are going to make bad decisions, and that's what Nate did. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but these guys have got to find a way to make better decisions. So there's obviously some kind of punishment going to come down. Uh, We'll see what happens legally. His lawyers seem to feel really comfortable that he's going to get off of this situation based off some kind of Nevada law, and I'm not uh, privy to exactly what that is. But uh, his lawyers are really good lawyers, and they know what they're talking about. So I would not be shocked at all if he gets off. And if he does get off, similar to Josh Jacobs getting out of his situation, uh, then, you know, there probably won't be any kind of punishment. But we'll see exactly what happens. Again, this is one of those situations that you just got to see how it all plays out. Uh, I'm not an expert in the legalities of things, so I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. Happen, but we will see, and uh, maybe later on this week, Rich Versace will have a little bit more information from you. Thank you so much for that call. Uh, next up is a text from Caesar in Santa Cruz. Q, my man, this is Caesar, one of the dudes from Santa Cruz, California. Happy New Year's to you and your family. The Raiders needed to use a heavy dose of Jacobs against the Chargers. He looks better the last three games, and you can see the results. He's not running out of bounds anymore, and I like to see that. Also, the defense needs to show up against the Chargers. I'll be in Vegas for the game. Hope to see you again. Raiders. That's from Caesar in Santa Cruz. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I remember the first time the Raiders played the Chargers. I thought it was going to be a heavy dose of the run game, and it never happened. The Chargers are not very good at stopping the run. Josh Jacobs is running good enough. The offensive line is blocking good enough right now to get a good little run game going. It doesn't have to be 150, 160 yards rushing, but it has to be good enough to be able to open up everything else. If they can do that, I really feel like they have a great chance of winning this game. So I think that the run game is going to be very critical to the success of the Raiders this game. Thank you so much for that, and uh, I hope to see you as well on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Hope to see all of Raider Nation Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. And I think I got time for one more call. We'll squeeze in real quick. No hating Raider. He's calling to talk about the Nate Hobbs situation and points the finger at the city of Las Vegas. Here he is. No hating Raider. Q, what up? No hating Raider giving you a call. I want to check in on this Nate Hobbs situation, man. You know, I know uh, after what happened to Henry Ruggs, you know, we said it wasn't an issue with the city and also what happened to Josh Jacobs when he got into a DUI wreck. But, man, it's the city, bro. I mean, you got to really think about that. You know, Vegas is probably the worst place to give a young male millions of dollars where clubs are open 24 hours and expect them to 
to, you know, stay keeping those teams stay out of trouble. You know, the Raiders need to go above and beyond to make sure that these young guys have the perfect setup and not, you know, get caught up into all these traps that Las Vegas has to offer. You know, I do know that DUIs can happen anywhere, but this is alarming and something needs to happen. You know, the Raiders organization needs to do a better job of stepping up and uh, doing something, you know, to go above and beyond, not just the normal car service or anything like that. They need to go above and beyond to make sure that these young guys uh, figure out that they don't have to drink and drive. This city is definitely a trap, and many of people have uh, come to this city and failed. So that's it, man. No hating Raider. You know, hopefully we can make it into the playoffs. And uh, I think I'm going to go by uh, – Go by your spot uh, on Saturday, man. We're going to the to the game on Sunday, so I'm gonna say what's up to you uh, on Saturday after the big party that you normally do. All right, that's it. No Hayden Raider out. There he goes. No Hayden Raider. Thank you for the call, my man. And I totally understand every point you're saying. But I, I just go back to at what point do we put it on the player or the person before we put it on the city? You know what I mean? Like that's just that's my thing. I can't wrap my brain around blaming a city for certain people's decisions that they make bad decisions that they make i just i cannot put that on the city i know that there's opportunity i will never ever deny that there's opportunity and you can get away and you could do a lot more in las vegas than you can in other cities but again that's up to the individual person to make a good decision you know what i mean like i don't understand how we could just say that's on the city and not on nate hobbs the city didn't get behind the steering wheel at 4 a.m and fall asleep nate hobbs did the city didn't drive 156 miles an hour and crash. Henry Ruggs did. The city didn't run into the tunnel leading to the airport. Josh Jacobs did. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I, I just can't, I cannot for the life of me put it on a city when it's individuals that we're talking about making bad decisions. Because there's a ton of individuals in that locker room that are making great decisions and doing the right thing. And they're in the city too. So I, I totally understand. Again, there is a chance to make a bad decision. But if you know that you're a person that has a chance to make a bad decision, you've got to do something about it yourself. I'll tell you straight up, and then we'll end the show. You know, my dad lived here for the longest. My dad lived here in this city, Las Vegas, for the longest. And he just came to visit me not too long ago. He stayed at the house, and he had moved. He moved to Wyoming. And he said, you know what? Las Vegas isn't for me. It's not for me. It's a city that I could probably get into more trouble than I need to. But he decided to be responsible and move and decide that this was not for him. You know, he could easily said, well, you know, I, I got in trouble because of the city. No, he knows himself. And he said, you know what? I'm going to be responsible. That's I mean, that's at some point you've got to take accountability for yourself, don't you? Or are we always going to just live by the fact that it's someone else's fault and not ours? Again, I'm not, you know, trying to argue with you. I'm just saying that it's so easy to point the finger and blame someone else for everyone else's mistakes. It's, it's always on the person, in my opinion. But I get it in being in Las Vegas, it's always going to be, well, it's the city's fault. But I just, I don't sign up for that. I don't believe it. So, you know, we can agree to disagree on that situation. We'll see how it shakes out. But there's a lot of dudes in that locker room. There's a lot of professionals in this city that don't get in trouble on the daily. So that's all I got for today's show. I think that's a good place to go ahead and shut it on down. We got a text from Raider Eddie in Denver. We got a call from E. Rich, a text from Raider Law on the 408. We're going to get all those coming up on tomorrow's show. We'll have more news and notes of the day. We'll have more storylines to talk about as we continue to lead up to this big game coming up Sunday night football, Raiders versus Chargers for everything. 
Win and you're in. Cannot wait to see it. Cannot wait to be a part of it. And uh, Raider Nation, I think that you should be a part of it as well. So uh, until tomorrow, Raider Nation, uh, stay safe. Do what you got to do. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.